0: Hello and welcome to this edition of the Green Pole Podcast. I'm Thomas. Tonight I'm joined by Kieran or Thibaut, as he allows his friends to call him. Hopefully, I'm in that bracket, mate. Of course. <laughs> yeah. How you today doing? we're here. Yeah, I'm not too bad. You're not too bad. Uh, today we're going to discuss our narrow defeat up in the northeast against Newcastle. Um, yeah, just a bit of a tough one to take. Another late defeat, but uh, we'll get stuck into it and. Discuss everything that happened today. So, uh, Kieran, first of all, um, how did you assess the game, just the the overall result and everything?
1: Uh, I think obviously it was it was very one sided in turn It was it was quite one way traffic in terms of Newcastle having most of the ball, having the majority of the um, the shots as well. Um, I think Fulham Fulham didn't really. They didn't have the moments they had against Chelsea and obviously in our previous results, all, all the chances, even with Mitrovic on the pitch. Um, we did have some good moments where we did play play well. Um, we did build up very well, but the, the end product wasn't really there, unfortunately. Um, but you, um, of course, there's many reasons why this could be. Of course, it's been a pretty stacked run of fixtures, so tiredness could be a contributing factor, but um, mustn't take anything away from... Um, from how well they did, holding it, holding it to nil-nil for for that long, of course, as you as you said, a sucker punch blow um, in the in the last couple of minutes again um, to sadly take take the um, to snap, for them to snatch the three points away from us. Um, of course, we we had a, there was a penalty which was disallowed after some sort of weird, bizarre um, double kick thing. We'll get on to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what what went on either, but. Yeah overall I mean it's a performance we we should be proud of for getting for getting that far and only being defeated narrowly but at the same time I think we need to after after watching Spurs this evening I think we need to regroup and um definitely prepare to to win that one the next one
0: Yeah definitely I think um I think you're right with most of the things there and obviously there are things we'll touch on later in the pod um regarding how we lost today and uh, why we lost today but um, yeah, like you're, you're definitely right. We can't, we can't let this get us down. We have to, we have to regroup and um, and go again for Spurs because, like you say, they didn't look at their best today. And I think there's a, there's definitely an opportunity to to get the three points. Absolutely. Um. So that, you know, let's get into those those moments in the game that, that turned it. Um. First of all, obviously, the Mitrovic penalty. We have to talk about that. I know we've discussed. a lot on the pod in the past about who should take penalties and we've all had you know our own opinion on it but today he he was just unlucky wasn't he he just he just slipped
1: yeah i mean you can't take much away from it i think the pen was, the penalty was was bound to be going in whether he whether he slipped or not um pope seemed to dive the wrong way so um i think the fact he slipped it, it is obviously unfortunate when a player slips when they're taking a penalty but I think it's also more unfortunate that that is one of the rules of the penalty, um, which I haven't. I've only just found out today myself. So, um, yes, yeah, unfortunate. Yeah,
0: I was, I was perplexed by it myself. I thought that um, he'd he'd get to retake it, but then they gave the free kick, and I was like, "Is that a new rule?" I, I, I don't know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one because it, it, I've seen a replay of it, in two Newcastle players stood inside the box before he's even kicked the ball. So, and the referee didn't do anything to to have that retaken. Um, yeah, we'll
0: get on to him later.
1: Yeah, we'll get on to some bizarre, but um, overall, I think um, I think Mitrovic he his he's obviously Mister Reliable. He's the one we turn to whenever we need a penalty. Um, his last couple haven't been up to scratch; they haven't been the best. Obviously, this one today would have been going in, but of course, he slipped. Um, by no means is that his his fault at all. Um, but I think obviously, if we were to were to pick someone else that would um would take the penalties i'd say andreas would have to be the only other or william would have to be the other only other alternatives which we've discussed previously but yeah it does it does it does pose the question who takes the next penalty but i think i think mitrovich was just unlucky that he slipped today
0: yeah i mean i agree that he's unlucky he slipped but i disagree with uh the pope situation i think nick pope actually read where he was going because he dived Mitrovic looked to whip it in the corner, and I think Pope dived the right way. Um, so I think he probably would have saved it, if I'm perfectly honest. However, I'm with you in terms of you know he's Mr Reliable. We can't we can't take him off of penalties that might drop his confidence. Um, again, I'm with you in terms of uh, I think Willian should take penalties because he did it for so long at Chelsea, yeah. and he's. He's a cool, calm head. I was interested to see in the build-up to the penalty today that Bobby Reid had the ball under his arm and he was not letting go of it until he was told
1: mm-hmm. that he
0: wasn't taking that penalty. So that would have been interesting to see Bobby Reid take one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously we discussed many times about the penalties um, and who should take them. But, yeah, I think, I think he'll be on the next one because he's Mitrovic and, you know, any chance he gets to score a goal, he's going to try. But I mm-hmm. do think he needs to change the way he takes a penalty because I do think that he he stereotypes where he's going and the keeper reads him nine times out of ten.
1: Yeah, especially it's becoming more and more common now with with the keepers reading him. So I think he, he needs to change change the way he um, scores or, or approaches the penalty because um yeah, it's becoming it's it's readable more and more often now.
0: Yeah. Um some of those uh things we were talking about um regarding the referee. He had a poor game, didn't he? It was it was, it was was OK in the first half, but the second half, he he just fell apart, didn't he? I think he didn't give the first penalty to Pereira. And then I don't think the second one is a penalty, in my opinion. I think Bobby Reid does well to get into the box, but I think he stands on Trippier. And then <laughs> Trippier takes his leg. So obviously that's going to be controversial. But I think the first one on Pereira, which obviously Marco Silva's gone crazy about, because Dan Byrne pulls him back. He's in on goal. He's one-on-one. Surely that's a, a penalty and a red card. But it should be. The, ref- the referee doesn't see either of them and has to go to VAR to get the second one. Mm. So, for, for me, he's had an absolute stinker there in some of the other decisions in the game. Like when Harrison Reid got fouled and, and he gave a drop ball. I know. To Newcastle, which, you know, just some absolutely crazy decisions in the game. Mm. and. Yeah, I don't I don't think that Rob Jones was up to it today. I think he got maybe turned by the Newcastle crowd today.
1: Yeah, he 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 seemed to like he seemed like it seemed like he lost control of the game as it went on, really. Um not not one of the best refereeing performances I've seen over, over all of our Fulham games. But um yeah, as you said, um the decisions were all towards Newcastle. Um and BAR actually bailed us out with the penalty, um, even though it should have bailed us out twice if it was actually looking for that, um, uh, for that Pereira chance. But um, yeah, it should have been, it should have been more, it needed to be better really. Um, you can't really escape that. Not the best, um, but what's it? It's our Fulham luck with referees, isn't it? Um, you, win some, yeah. you, lose, you win some, you lose some.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so before the game, obviously, Marco Silva did his presser and he was more angry about the fact that the Chelsea game was only 64 hours ago and Newcastle had two extra days to to prepare for this one. Um, Do you think that 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 made a difference today? Do you think that Fulham were looking a bit leggy today? Should Mm. there have been some more changes in the starting eleven going into today? Or do you think that Marco made the right decision to stick predominantly with what was working for the last few games? I I think
1: sticking with what worked was was definitely a good shout. However, I think putting Kazar in of course you can't really escape that was obviously a fourth decision because of Robinson being suspended um he looked a little bit disjointed from the rest of the team um that's not a personal attack on him i think he he tried his best um he's not had many games under his belt and therefore we can't criticize him too much um but in terms of other changes i i, I think we needed a bit more pace on the wings um cuz whenever we were going whenever we were moving forward willian wasn't Though he was involved in the in the in the build-up, he wasn't making the runs to the to the um to the dead ball line to then get the crosses in. Um and I think we needed yeah, we needed a bit more pace because I think Newcastle would be uh, after our our moments in the first half, I think Newcastle then began to start reading reading our game a bit more and and um were able to defend um whenever we came forward. So I would it would have been good to see Solomon or James start on one of the wings um because as you said i think tiredness is, was definitely a, a contributing factor today um not not at least because we had to travel like halfway up the country um just just to just to lose in the last minute but um i think it was definitely a um, a factor uh, may have not been the only factor that contributed to the to the loss and the, not the best performance but um i think marco definitely has a good a, a um has a definitely has a reason to be um, annoyed uh, because two days to to prepare for a Newcastle I sense Chelsea game is like surely not you need at least three if not more surely
0: yeah well I, I was discussing with, with some friends who I watched today's game with and uh, you know we've got eight days now until we play Tottenham so why couldn't the Chelsea game be next week mm-hmm. um, so you know it's, again it's just the Premier League you know I guess favouring the bigger clubs maybe you could look at it that way, yeah. Um, but I, I agree that he, you know, he was probably right to stick predominantly with with what works. However, like you, I also agree that after the initial fifteen minutes or so where we pressed Newcastle high, it was very much um, Newcastle in the ascendancy for the rest of the game, and I think had we've seen a few changes a little bit earlier because I think he made his first change around the 70th minute mark, something like that. I just, I just feel that maybe had we have made a couple more changes a bit earlier, maybe Solomon, James, Harry Wilson. Obviously, you know, Marco's got plenty of credit in the bank and, you know, I'm not questioning any of, his, any of his ability or decisions in the game. But I do feel that when he brought Tosin on and we went to three at the back, that was almost like, right, shut up, shut up we're going we're gonna to come away with a point. If we can come away with a point, that's fantastic. We didn't actually, with that last 20 minutes or so, try and win the game. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was down to the fact that we travelled up the day before. We'd only had a day's rest, really, because we was obviously travelling up to Newcastle was a day in itself. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I do think that he's, he's well within his rights to be angry about the decision um, to play the Chelsea game midweek and then Newcastle on Sunday. And I do think that um, that that could have been done differently, um, but I I do also think that maybe a few substitutions could have been made a bit earlier in the game. Um, so looking forward now, um, we've got eight days until we we, we face Spurs, and uh, you know that's that's some time on the training ground which we haven't had for a while now. Mm. Are you expecting? you're expecting that to be obviously it's going to be a good thing for, the, for them to have some time on the training ground and you know practicing things set pieces things like that because it's you know it's important to, to be practicing your set pieces and your defending and things like that so uh yeah it's, it's going to be good for us surely to, to have those days before spurs on on the following monday
1: yeah definitely because um we we need to regroup as i said earlier um obviously t- we've had a pretty pretty surreal kind of Last couple fixtures, um, one four, we won, we've won five actually, we've won five. Obviously lost this one, unfortunately, um, and then obviously I think we now need a little bit of a rest just to kind of slow the tempo down, regroup, and just be right back on a training pitch. Where we, where do we need to improve from the last couple of games? Where can we? Um, what what things are we doing well and practicing? Just all all the basics. Well, not the basics, but everything we need to practice, basically. Um, and with Spurs looking looking very shaky, it's definitely a game we need to go into like Chelsea, thinking we need to leave here with three points because ultimately we do. Um, and I'll be quite disappointed if we don't because I think Spurs are there for the taking unless they turn up against City. Um, which I don't see them doing considering City have just lost, uh, lost to Man United which means they'll probably bounce back quite significantly against Spurs um, so unless Conte pulls a masterclass which is not very, not going to be very common but it's but it's Spurs the, the very Spurs um, anything can happen with them but it's definitely a game we should go into with our heads held in the position that we can get three points here. Um, and I think Marco will make that pretty clear in the training ground this week um, in terms of Upping the tempo, upping the levels, and going for the three points.
0: Yeah, obviously Spurs do play City next week, so that obviously gives us a bit of bit of an advantage. Exactly. In, yeah, terms, of, in terms of rest days, you know, um, obviously City won't be an easy game for Tottenham at all, and they'll probably have to put out their first team. Um, so yeah, we've we've surely. As Fulham, we're looking at that Monday night game under the lights of the cottage and we're looking to go there, hit them early because they did look shaky from the word go today. And I think Mm. Hugo Lloris uh, for the first goals made a big mistake. I haven't seen it. I've I've been told it it was a huge mistake. So basically,
1: uh, palmed it into the back of the net after Saka hit it at him.
0: Oh, dear.
1: Uh, It basically Uh, knocked him over. It was quite humiliating.
0: So hopefully we can get some shots off on of him and, and test him, test his handling and, you know, maybe put him under a bit of pressure because, you know, the cottage under the lights, as we know from yeah. last Thursday, is special, under, isn't it? So.
1: Any, any game under the cottage lights is bound to be a win or some sort of special thing happening. So it just seems to be, it's just inevitable. Um, we have to put in a good performance and I think we will. Um, but we'll save all the Spurs preview stuff for a, another podcast, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, definitely so in your opinion today isn't anything to worry about it's just a case of all the games have caught up with us long journey up to newcastle referee against us you know just just summarise that you know we're in sixth place we're flying you know yeah. this isn't this isn't this isn't going to derail our season exactly it's it's
1: we're still in a good position um not much has really changed obviously Brentford and Brighton have caught us up a little bit. Um, Chelsea gained one point on us, not that it matters. Um, Liverpool, they're doing nothing, so we don't have to worry about them. Um, but apart from that, we're, we're in the same position. We've still got the chance to overtake Spurs um, next week. Um, and ultimately, the fact we're in sixth is something we should be happy about. And one poor performance against Newcastle, well, one unlucky performance against Newcastle, which we can't really blame ourselves for. Shouldn't be knocking the morale at all. Um, at the end of the day, it's Newcastle; they're on top form, they're having a great season, so I think we were bound to lose against them. Because um, if I was have to, if I had to put, pick any game during in, in this January set of fixtures, which we would lose, it would have been that game. So I'm not too worried. Um, but overall, I think we can definitely bounce back from this. Um, just look how how well we've done already um this year we we started on a bright on on a good on a on the right foot and i think we'll continue um but of course we won't win them all um the defeats is what makes the the wins e- even more sweeter as they say
0: Yep, absolutely uh, i'm 100% in agreement that i think the training ground is where a lot of our games have been won since the return from christmas because obviously we had that 6 weeks off and i think some of the stuff that marco's worked with them on the training training ground has really paid off. The set pieces, the work with Vinicius, so I'm I'm looking forward to actually feeling getting back on the training ground and, and doing some more work on the training ground as a team because it just felt like game after game after game. You know, it, it's it's just been relentless, hasn't it? Really, since Christmas, yeah,
1: definitely. But credit to credits where it's due. They've they've done well, um, and they're in a really strong position going into the second half of the season. And what's even better, we don't have to play Newcastle again.
0: Yeah, because they're, they're flying, aren't they? That's they crazy. are. We, they're we, a team you want have to avoid
1: to, from now exactly. on. Exactly.
0: We, we have to give them credit. You know, they're unbeaten at home. And I think now they've won, I think it's it 13 home games or something this season. Something That's crazy. of the longest
1: unbeaten runs in Europe's top five leagues, I think.
0: Exactly. And if you look at it from that point of view we've you know a lot of newcastle fans on social media today uh, after the game were saying that we're the best side that's gone up there this season that in itself is credit to to marco and his team surely
1: absolutely um i think i think we've really shown character where, wherever we've gone um of course we we've, we've had some unlucky results but at the same time we've we've given everyone a good game um we've we've won professionally and we've lost professionally and I think that will continue throughout the um, the rest of this season. Um, and, it, yeah, I, th- I think we're well, done really well.
0: So moving on, I, I wanted to bring in um, a transfer window aspect to this now because we're, we're midway through January and I'd like to talk about, obviously, it's very, very, very out there that we're looking for a right back. We're probably looking for a central midfielder. Do you think there's any other positions in the team that need need looking at? Or do you think that Michael's mm. happy with all the other positions
1: in the team? I think the other positions we've we've got the depth. It's been proven that the depth that we have can can do well. Um, I think the only I think obviously there was rumours of Vinicius loaning away because he's not up to scratch. But I think I think Vinicius and Mitrovic will be our top our um our top two strikers um, along into the summer. Um, as, as of course, providing Mitrovic doesn't get injured at all um in the next couple of weeks, which we just don't want to happen. So let's touch wood there. Um, but I think as as you said, I think um the cent- central midfield, um a, r- a replacement for Polinia or Reed, whichever one of them gets suspended first. Um as well as, as well as a right back because it seems mbabu has has really run his time, um not featuring on the bench um and clearly not not involved that much with the club after after his performances um or anything really unless unless he's training hard with Marco back on the um the training ground um I can't see him featuring much
0: yeah it's, a not, it's an odd one it's mm. an odd one isn't it Kevin and Barbie because he's come for a decent fee he's he's an international fullback he's done well in in Germany in the top league. It just doesn't seem to have worked out for him, so obviously Marco is looking now for for another right back, obviously Cedric Suarez. Rick Karsdorf be, have been linked with this young lad from, from Holland now, who came, you know, the link came yesterday for him. Apparently, we went to, to see him play yeah. yesterday. Um, obviously, everyone looks good on YouTube, but if you look at him on YouTube, he looks okay, looks decent. Um, do you, this is the big question. We're, we're sitting in sixth place. There's mm. a very, very, very slim chance that we're going to go down now. Do you think this is a stick or twist moment now for the Khans as to whether they decide, right, we're going to put a bit of money in in this window and go and get the players to keep us in this position and get into Europe? Or do you think that we're going to wait it out now until the summer?
1: It's a very good question, because um, I said on the previous podcast, that I think. Until we reach that that um that safety mark of a rap of about forty points, I think the the mindset of the players and and the board, uh, uh, including Marco himself, will will still be surviving relegation. Which of course for us fans seems inevitable at this point. Um, so we can pop open the bubbly already. But um, in terms of the transfer um kind of targets and aspirations, I think. I think for January, I think we will strengthen in the areas that we need to strengthen them in because at the moment the 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 task ahead is to stay up. I think come the summer, if we do achieve a European spot in um, with the team we currently have, I think we'll definitely see some huge improvements over the summer. Um, of course, having being uh, it will be we'll, if we continue to perform the way we are, will be a, a brilliant advert for any any like, footballer that wants to play European football because managing to to finish in a European spot for the first season back up in the Premier League is is hugely impressive. Um, and if they want to feature regularly on a European stage, why not come to Fulham? Um, so we'll definitely attract big, hopefully some, not big, big names, but some, some more notable names come the summer. Um, I think Chelsea are having a big clear out, so we could pick up some of their old... Um, any of, any of their um players that have been thrown into the trash but um yeah it'll be interesting to see um but I think for now the the um the task is to remain up in the Premier League but um towards towards the summer months um I, and the spring I think we we'll might we we'll, 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 it'll be difficult it's a really good question to be fair um <laughs> it depends how you look at it
0: yeah so it's a difficult one what, what do you think about it See, the only reason I, I, I asked that question is because in Marco Silva's, I think it was his post-match presser for Chelsea, he was asked about transfer targets and he said, yes, we're looking to strengthen in certain areas, but we're only going to go in for the right player. And also that those players will be high profile players. So I don't know. I think I don't think he used the word high profile, but it kind of it translates as high profile from what he said. And to me, that made me think, oh, okay well, does that mean that we're going we're gonna to now push on and try and stay where we are in, in these European positions? It'll be really interesting to see um, what happens. But I do think come the end of the window, we're, we're going to be active. Um, I can see players going and I can see players coming. Like Knockart has obviously gone to Huddersfield now. I know it's on loan, but that's more wages off of the bill. That's more wages that might go towards a Cedric Suarez. Yeah. So Teddy you can can't see that we're trying.
1: Deadline day deal.
0: Exactly. Yeah. He's all, we're always up till 2am, aren't we, Try, waiting for that absolutely that last minute deal, the deal sheet and all that. So I'm fully expecting two, maybe three bodies in by the end of January in the right positions as well, which you know, I just think it's fantastic that we've already come out and said we're looking for these positions. Whereas in the past, it was like scattergun, you know, just last minute by everybody we can think of. Mm. Lazar Markovic springs to mind.
1: So... I'm surprised we didn't get you Mudrick know. before he went well, to that um, I mean, lot down the road
0: someone put uh, something on Twitter earlier I don't know who it was but uh, it was the stats of Manuel Solomon and the stats of Mikhailo Mudrick uh, yeah. at Shakhtar and they're very similar stats and there's only one year between them so for us to pick up Solomon and then them to pay 100 we have million a better chance of Midrick,
1: we have a better chance yeah, of getting yeah. to Europe than Chelsea at the moment so I'm not sure why mudric has gone there for eight and a half years
0: well, you know, that's, 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 for their, that's for them to figure out, isn't it? Exactly. But before we go, I wanted to touch on the news that came out this week that, that Marco Silva's contract, obviously it's being spoken about now in public that, that Fulham are looking to, to renew his contract. Just, just sum up what he's done in the last 18 months. And he's got 18 months left to run, but just sum up what he's done in the last 18 months and how much he deserves this new deal.
1: Oh, he de- he deserves it so much. He's transformed this team from when Parker left. He's given it a new dynamic, and he's he's played his his way of football, and it's been amazing. Um, we've broken records in the championship, um, and we've impressed and shut down the critics in the Premier League. So, and we're in we're in a really strong position, and I'm I'm really happy with um, with Marco um i can't see him going anywhere and i think he deserves a new deal a new contract because without him where would we be um he's one of the biggest the biggest reasons why we're performing this well and why we why we are even in the premier league again um he des- he deserves tremendous credit and his reputation of his managerial reputation is now it's rekindled after obviously he had some poor seasons with um everton for example so yeah, he deserves immense credit, and um, I'm really—he definitely deserves lifetime contract. I I would say.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, so you're endorsing the lifetime contract for Marcus? Oh you?
1: yeah, a lifetime <laughs> contract
0: has to happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. I, I, I can think of since Hodgson.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. He's, he's right up there, um, and if we can somehow get into Europe this season, he's he's definitely uh, definitely up there for sure, right. Kieran, thank you very much for joining me. No worries, um, any sure, I'm sure we'll do it again very soon. Brilliant uh, to have you hosting And chat to you. You've done a great job. Have you got? Thank you very much. Have you got any final words for the Funnel fans?
1: Not really. Don't get yourself down, and we'll be, we'll be back to beat the Spurs next week.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Right, thank you very much.